0: I just can't afford to eat ancestrally. That's something that Andrea and I hear all the time. And we get that the mainstream, shop-bought side of ancestral eating can sometimes be eye-wateringly expensive. Notwithstanding that, both Andrea and I have been eating this way on a very tight budget for over a decade each. We're going to show you that it is possible. In this second part, we'll complete our list of 50 ways to save money on an ancestral diet. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and check out that episode before diving in here and head to the show notes to print the full 50 ways. If you'd like to be part of a vibrant ancestral food community where we're talking about this and all the other kitchen things, come join us on Patreon. The link for that's in the show notes too. Meantime, let's get saving you money. Welcome to the Ancestral Kitchen podcast with Alison, a European town dweller in central Italy, and Andrea, living on a newly created family farm in Northwest Washington State, USA. Pull up a chair at the table and join us as we talk about eating, cooking, and living with ancient ancestral food wisdom in a modern world kitchen.
1: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, Allison.
0: Hello, hello. How are you doing today?
1: I am ready to save some money with my ancestral yeah,
0: diet. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Let me get to the rest of those points.
1: <laughs> so we had a part one already where we talked about ways to save money in an ancestral kitchen. And we had 17 ideas for the sourcing of your food and then we covered six ideas under ingredients. And today mm. we're going to go over some ideas for saving money and we've categorized them under stock, <laughs> mm. kitchen routines, home tasks. And then we have kind of a miscellaneous section of things mm. that didn't seem to fit anywhere else. And then at the end, Allison, I hope you're ready because I'm gonna ask you and you mm. should ask me, if you could do one thing mm. To save money in your kitchen, what's that one thing gonna be, like the yeah. biggest gung ho, whatever bang for your yeah. butt type thing? Okay, so we'll share each of those at the end. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So before we go, do you have any, yeah. um, any delicious, wonderful reviews to tell I me do. about? I
0: do. I have a review from Jen Brown
1: who left us a
0: five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and titled her review, Love, followed by two exclamation marks. And she says, this podcast has been life-changing and such a joy to listen to as I'm carting my kiddos around. I'm excited to add things back into our diets and lifestyles that I saw my nanny doing while I was growing up. Excited to do Alison's rye sourdough class to start the adventure into sourdough. Thank you, ladies. This is needed and you do it so well.
1: Thank you, Jen. That's cool that, that she saw her nanny doing. Did you say nanny or nan? Yes. Yeah, that's cool that she saw her doing that. And then she's bringing stuff back in.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: It's like looking behind the veil, you know, like oh, that's how you're doing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I feel that about things my my mom did when I was growing up, and then as an adult, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's
0: nice and early for you. We always record nice and early for Andrea. Mm-hmm. Have you managed to have some food yet this morning?
1: Actually, no, but I want to tell you what I had for breakfast yesterday because it's the same okay. thing I'm going to have as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we have basically, in this household, become addicted to your oat cakes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. None of us
1: can move on. <laughs> we're stuck. You don't so, have to move on. You can stay there if you want. Yeah, we're happy. So we, um, what we started doing is we grind the oats for a double batch because we don't have oat flour, and we grind them. And we found okay. them. We tried grinding them less and less and we found the perfect place where we like them. If you have a Vitamix, we grind them on the one, level one. And so we grind them, they're very coarse. And then we mix it up just as per the cookbook instructions. Please buy the cookbook. <laughs> Leave mm-hmm. it <in> to notes. <laughs> so we, we mix them up per the recipe instructions that you put in the cookbook. And then um, we set the bowl on the counter where it can ferment overnight. And then it just stays there. Until we've eaten it, which takes, you know, maybe two or three days. Yeah. And then when the bowl's almost empty and there's just a little bit left, we start it again.
0: What <laughs> so. What are <do> you um, <laughs> using as your starter in the bowl?
1: We just put in sourdough starter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do and too. because we always have plenty of sourdough starter, because you've got two quarters going full all the time right now, then um we probably don't have to add more start every time because we intentionally Mm -hmm. do it before the like we don't we don't wash the bowl out or anything we just keep refilling it yeah so it has a little back slop in there but Mm -hmm. yeah we'll make it anyway so so i made make now and now i've kind of gotten into allison's like how big can i make this thing flip it over without it breaking yeah (laughs) how big big can you make them (laughs) (laughs) i don't know probably not as big as Gosh, pancakes yet, but about as big as my pan right now. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah, so put it on, and it's kind of thick, right? So I sort of mm. stand there, like in a meditation, sort of like adding it with a spatula, <laughs> mm. getting it all flat. And then when I flip it, and mm. the bottom is nice and crispy because I put lard on the pan first, then I sprinkle yeah. some coarse salt on that. Oh, nice. And then once it's nice and cooked, I put it on the plate. Scramble a couple eggs. And then um, usually we have some kind of meat, like beef or something from the night before, either sitting on the stove or whatever. And I'll shred some of the on sometimes instead of the egg or sometimes with egg or whatever, depends on if I have it. And then it just becomes like, what can I find? So sauerkraut or cortito or cream cheese or sour cream or shredded cheese, uh, jalapenos, fermented jalapenos. Um, cilantro. I had some fresh cilantro oh, yesterday. It's it just like <laughs> the capers from you. Oh, Yay. whatever I can find, just kind of put on top and then uh, go sit outside and eat it in the sun. So nice. <laughs> so that's what oh, I do. enjoy that. After this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Excellent. Excellent.
1: So, if anybody's like wondering, sound. those oat cakes make the perfect platform for turning all the scraps in your fridge into something that just looks like amazing so nice. yeah that's what i had did you eat lunch before we got on
0: yeah i've been i've been home alone today which is quite oh, unusual. nice rob's um <laughs> gone into florence to a studio to mix one of his tracks his kind of latest track he's um found a friend who's mixing it for him
1: oh so, is this the um, guy he told me about that's like I think so super yeah. smart and cool and and like yeah. has these special audios where Rob said he can hear things that he could yeah. never hear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So um,
0: yeah, he's been doing that. So I was here on my own, but I decided that I wanted to just cook up some stuff that would feed us also tomorrow. So yeah, I'm much. I'm in the habit of making the last couple of months um, some burgers that are beef mince and liver together, and Ooh. I've kind of been honing the recipe. The first ones were nice, but a bit oniony, And then I've been working on what herbs and spices I want in them. And I've kind of got it down now into a way that we all like it. It's really, really nice. Which I think the recipe is going to go in our next cookbook because it's oh, good. good. So good. I made um, a lot of them this morning and had one for lunch with some kind of carrot and pepper salad the vegetables are turning here this probably won't go out this episode till september but it's actually june so we're getting into summer vegetables so i had some pepper um and the ends of two breads one spout one rye spread yes. with lard and some sauerkraut very nice
1: Um oh, that sounds perfect kind it of was. similar our dishes i guess we had sort of a bread and then
0: yeah
1: a meat right and then a yeah. ferment on top. Yeah. Typical. Completely.
0: <laughs> Completely. Oh.
1: If you're into ancestral
0: eating, you'll know that liver is a superfood. Full of vitamin A, K, and a whole host of B vitamins, plus many essential minerals, it has a truly exceptional nutrient profile and is a staple of traditional healthy diets. But it's not always as easy to get liver into our lives as we want. Getting a good supply, knowing how to cook it so it actually tastes good, and getting all of our family to eat it. These things can be hard, especially when we're busy or traveling. That's where Andrea and I turn to liver capsules. They give us the incredible benefits of liver without having to worry about the sourcing, the preparation, or the eating. One Earth Health produces organ capsules from 100% grass-fed New Zealand-raised cattle. As a podcast listener, you can get 5% off and free shipping by using the link oneearthhealth.com forward slash ancestral kitchen. And each time you order, you'll also be supporting us to keep on making the podcast. Details and the link are in the show notes. Okay, awesome. so...
1: Well, shall we- Shall Mm -hmm. we away with our list then, because we left everybody on number 23 last time.
0: So, interestingly, you know, we fooled Mm -hmm. ourselves that we could get this all into one episode. It was just a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Halfway through the last episode, I was like, this is not going to fit in one episode. And actually, we only got up to number 23 out of 50 ways. Mm -hmm. So, we're going to start with number 24. And like you said, the next few are about stock or broth. And... They These bits just deserve their own section in the 50 ways because stock mm-hmm. is just a, an amazing way to save money. So number 24 is just make broth regularly. Mm-hmm. It's full of protein and so many minerals for literally pennies. I get my bones from Flavio for nothing. I mean, I pay, yeah. as we talked about in the last episode, I pay for offal, but every time... He kind of adds everything up just, you know, as we're leaving, you just to saw all the bones, so I'll just give you those. Um, so I'm paying, you know, apart from the energy cost, I'm paying nothing for those bones. Amazing. And those, when I have stock with my meals, I'm going to be assimilating my meat better. So it's just an absolute no-brainer. If you want to save money, make broth regularly. Number A 24. lot of
1: people butcher for meat. Like they butcher for the meat. They don't butcher for the fat or for the organs or the bones. Mm. And I think we, hmm, I think we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but actually I can't remember where the number is, but um, if you are getting a whole, yeah, we talked about whole animals, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you're getting like whole or partial animals, you know, when you talk to the person that's doing the butchering or, you know, the friend you're getting it from or the butcher who's doing the cut and wrap or whoever you can talk to, just just talk to people about it and be like, hey, you know, I would take any bones or heads or organs that or fat that anybody didn't want. I would take it because a lot of times they'll be butchering like, like say our friends, they'll send all five of their pigs at once. And the butcher will often ask them, do you want the fat and the things back? And they'll either say yes or no. And mm. then all their customers are like, I don't want the fat. I don't want the heads. I don't want the trotters. Yeah. I don't want the organs. You know, I don't want the bones. And if you're standing there like, geez, I'd take it. you know, mm. <laughs> they, Oftentimes they'll just give it to you. So definitely Completely. if you can, if you can ask and it, it the stuff, I mean, honestly, it's going to get thrown away otherwise. So.
0: We do have an episode dedicated to broth. I can't remember the number, unfortunately. But just scroll back through our numerous episodes now and you will find it. Number 25 is something that I think we mentioned on that broth episode, which was to use the bones again and again. Mm. So, for instance, if you have a chicken, you can make meat stock with the whole chicken in water, eat the meat, and then you can make a bone broth with the bones from the chicken. And then you use the bones to feed your animals after that, don't you, Andrea? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so you can use them to feed animals with bigger bones than that, so not chicken with um, beef bones or pig bones, lamb bones. You can use those more than once in a bone yeah. broth. So you can cook them up yeah. once and then you can use them again and okay, get so more broth out of them.
1: Since we have so many animals right now and mm. we don't really have – what one would call a shortage of bones for broth I haven't been doing this and that's just because now we raise animals for people and nobody wants the bones so or whatever so we have them right but um I would cook my bones strain the broth start over I'm I'm like okay the water's coming out clear it's probably not anything anymore like I really work those things (laughs) to the ground and then You, I'm, I'm sure the nutrition just gets less and less, you know. Mm-hmm. But whatever, okay. I was really getting something out of it, and it gave me something to cook my rice in and whatnot. Yeah. But then also, yeah. um, also I lost my train of thought. So that's that.
0: Okay. <laughs> I was okay. say Something so wonderful. Scott.
1: I'm, I'm going to move on
0: to number twenty-six while you okay. recover your uh, train. It'll of never thought, come back. I'm sure. Which is to drink bone broth with your meals. So there's several reasons for this. Um, The first one is that it'll fill you up so you don't feel like you want to eat as much. Um, But also it will give you protein. There in beef broth, there are 10 grams of protein per cup of beef broth. Um, And so that is a substantial amount of protein just for a liquid. And you can also drink it as a snack. Um, Because it will be a cheap snack for you. Virtually mine costs nothing. And it will give you extra protein during the day.
1: And you can sprinkle in some sauerkraut, poach an egg in it. Like Mm. your snack can kind of go as far as you want to go. You drop a couple of rice noodles into it. That's a pretty traditional breakfast for me is broth with whatever I can find dumped in.
0: Yeah, I've got kind of a similar. I think on my website there's a um, broth bowl. Breakfast broth bowl, which is something kind of yeah. similar, leftover grains cooked in broth yeah. with an egg in it. And then miso sometimes or coriander, cilantro for you, that kind of thing. Mm. So, number 27, you added to our list, Andrea. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. Just y- using your bone broth to cook your mm. pasta and grains in um, mm. is going to increase the protein in your meal. And remember, when you look at a lot of ancestral food, there's again, there's this modern, sort of ideal of our ancestors like oh they would just live these nourished lives and look at this good food they had and it's like well no they were doing this because they were all starving to death and they needed to extract every little Mm. shred of a macro that they could get out of everything so yeah cook things in the broth rice noodles if you cook noodles um quinoa grains whatever you're cooking um just cook it in the broth because it'll add a little bit also, I remembered what I was going to say, Allison. it came walking yeah. back in the room a little late. But I've never done this, but everybody has told me to do it many times. But you can dehydrate your bones, allegedly, and then grind them up and use them as bone powder in the garden. I've never done that.
0: No, I've never done it, too. I don't know how long it would take to dehydrate a bone. How would you know that it's dehydrated? I mm.
1: Tried it. Maybe I should, just for... <laughs> when you try it, tell me.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so the next section is kitchen routine, kitchen cooking, and we're on to number 28. Do remember, mm. as we said in the last episode, that there is a document with all of these listed that will be available. Go check the oh, yeah. show notes for this episode, so don't yeah. feel like you should um, write all these down. You don't need to. So, number 28 is cook yourself all of the time, so literally just cook. The more that you cook, yourself not buy meals from outside the more money you will save and that just seems so simple Uh, but it's totally key to saving money (laughs) (laughs) number 29 which is also just
1: the yeah i think this might be covered in detail somewhere else but just like by cooking cooking on your own Mm. cook yourself makes it sound like you're gonna put yourself in pot. (laughs) (laughs) but cooking alone doesn't make sense either but um when you are cooking and making things out of ingredients it tends to be cheaper yeah so like not buying pre-made things would fall into this category i would say like yeah yeah
0: completely the other the next thing is something that we talk about really quite a lot in that, oh, nobody you know, wants to talk about, easy, about this <laughs> it's easy to see that to think i mean sorry to that people are eating all these amazing things all the time um but really to save money and in both of our kitchens we are not so number 29 is be prepared to eat similar things most of the time if you're buying in bulk like we do like we talked about in the last episode you know I've got like 25 kilograms of sorghum in my house at the moment I'm eating a lot of sorghum and I have a set number of things that, that we do, which because we're cooking all the time, we have to have routines and things that are just, they're down, you know, we've done them because otherwise we wouldn't be able to do anything else. And really, uh, a lot of what we eat is similar all of the time. So that's a really key thing. And we've talked about that quite a lot, haven't we?
1: I wonder, Alison, I guess we can ask you, the listener, mm. um, does that come through when we talk about what we eat? And I feel like for long stretches of time, it'll just be like the same thing over and over. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I've got nothing new to report. I had the same breakfast again. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I, well, I think
1: those if people notice that.
0: Every, every lunch that I talk about, when you ask me what I've eaten, it, it's pretty much 95% of the time got the same bread in it and the same lard on top of it. And then there's a vegetable and then there's some sort of, you know, usually animal protein. Um,
1: It sounds like we're doing something fancy when you add all the adjectives, like, oh, this home fermented, whatever. And then went to this farmer and got this. And then, you know, like it, at the end of the day, it's just the same thing all the time, you know? But And then we put different miscellaneous ferments on top. that On top, yeah. Yeah, make it different.
0: (laughs) Number 30 is don't throw away, get used to eating leftovers. And I kind of wanted to give an example of that um from dinner okay. last night, because i mean we we cook grains in bulk, quite often millet and sorghum, and put them in the fridge and then we might have a bit of vegetables that were left over from some sausages I cooked with vegetables that I just put in a bowl, and then we got a bit of salad left over from something else. I've got a bit of broccoli left over that I cooked from you know the day before, and so often for our last meal of the day, we would just go in get some grain out, fry an egg and then just see what else is in the fridge. There's a bit of fish left over. There's a hard boiled egg from yesterday or oh, there's, I there's mushrooms that I cooked before. And we'll end up with, for the three of us, three different meals because we're just finishing up what's in the fridge. And And that is a regular, you know, we yeah. really don't throw any food away. And we are technically, we are eating leftovers like half of the time, I think. <laughs>
1: Yeah, technically, when you're eating ancestral, like almost everything's a leftover because you had to ferment it or something the day before. Um, I just, mm, I dumped a lot of stuff out of the fridge yesterday and fed it to the pigs. But um, I didn't feel bad about it because they're going to give me bacon later. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, completely (laughs) even (laughs) number 31 is kind of a, a similar theme. Make tomorrow's lunch from today's dinner and plan and then do that every day. So, so very often, like I did today, I made for my lunch these burgers and they're going to be our dinner tomorrow and they're going to be Gables' dinner tomorrow to take to school. So often I will make one meal and we will enjoy it and I will purposely make double or triple so that meal can serve us for the next day and often the day after that as well. And that way, you know, you're budgeting more. You're only using energy to cook the meal once. You're saving yourself time and you can buy things in bigger quantities.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Did you know we have a Patreon for the listeners of the Ancestral Kitchen podcast? Try, can't get enough of this well there's more of it over on the patreon feed just waiting for you we have a variety of levels to choose from and a bunch of different benefits to enjoy your sponsorship keeps the podcast on the air ad-free and helps us keep buying books to read and talk about on the podcast and also helps allison buy bizarre ingredients at the farmer's market so she can ferment them and tell us about them later check us out at patreon.com slash ancestral kitchen podcast
0: Number thirty-two: Cook in bulk and freeze. So oh, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, you no do that a lot. One. You you talk about that because I know you do that with um with beans and and pulses as well, don't you? Talk about that.
1: Well, you do it too. Well, you're not really doing it with the bread now, are you? No. I, well, entirely. I
0: am with rye. I am with okay. rye, but not with spelt. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I spelt. So, yeah, I could see that. We talked about that. How you liked it better mm. fresh. Um. Yeah. Well, it is kind of hard to cook in bulk and freeze when you have a lot of people that you're feeding because, Mm. you know, every meal feels like a bulk (laughs) meal. (laughs) And then you cook five of them and you're like, wow, need a wash pan to mix this in, (laughs) but it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, Mm. and having frozen meal, ah, man, actually, I don't think I have any in the freezer right now, but nothing beats a frozen meal when you're doing like a long day of chores outside because i get so disrupted when i have to come in and like create a meal i don't i don't know why my brain doesn't switch the tasks very well um if any therapists are listening to this maybe you can call me and help me with that but when i make like a meatloaf say or shepherd's pie or something which i know is shepherd's pie made out of lamb don't come at me for that Then, um, I like to have it in the freezer, take it out the night before we have a really big project day, like butchering or something. And then in the morning, I just stick it in the oven, even when the oven's off and cold. And then at some point I'll either say this, go and turn the oven on, or I'll go and turn the oven on. And it's like, Mm. literally, that's the only task it took. And then it cooks and it's done. done. So I'd say free. Yeah. If I could have more freezer dinners, that would probably be my one wish. What's your
0: favorite, what's your favorite freezer meal? What do you do most often?
1: Oh, um, well, shepherd's pie or cottage pie or combination or swineherd's pie, whatever. Yeah. That's one we really like because there's a lot of meat in it and then there's potatoes on top and then you can make a fresh bread to go with it if you want to, or you can just not, you know, it's fine. So we really like that one. Meatballs is a good one. Yeah. To have frozen as we know (laughs) around here. You've got a bigger freezer than me, so it's yeah. a little
0: bit easier for you. Meatballs I find really effective in the freezer because you put them all in a bag, you yeah. can fit them in whatever space you've got in the freezer. You've got some weird <laughs> space that's exactly. the shape of some kind of slime ball, you can put meatballs in it. Yeah. Whereas with a cottage pie, you've got to have a, you know, an actual know, kind of right? shelf space in the freezer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Meatballs is a good one. Meatballs are good. Also they cook pretty quick. Whenever yeah. I like sometimes we want meatloaf and I basically make, I call it like mini meatloaf or meatloaf yeah. patties. So it's like mixed up meatloaf, but then we're just cooking it quickly on the stove. You know, <laughs> in patties. the
0: healing broths and better broths and healing tonics book um, that you'll be interviewing the author very shortly. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. mini meat, mini meatloaves in there and they're cooked in muffin tins and silicone muffin tins. Just oh, nice just to
1: tease everyone on that book. Colleen was at my house the other day. They camped out here, and she was looking through the book, and she said, "Man, this book has everything." Because it covers a lot. I said, "I know. It's basically a medical book." And she's like, "Ah, I, I know. It like covers everything." So, so we'll be having book. an interview with
0: about. the lady who wrote the recipes yeah. for that book. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Okay, where on. are number, we? I, I'm number wrong. thirty-three. We're on number thirty-three. Okay. Make ferments yourself or with friends. Ferments are one of the things that can cost us so much in the shop Mm -hmm. and the cost, as you know, from if you've listened to our five cheapest and most expensive foods episodes, which was one of our very first, we actually broke down the cost of um, kraut, I think, in there and then how much it costs to make it yourself. And it's just incomparable. So make your ferments yourself. Number 33. Do you want to take number 34, Andrea?
1: Yeah, big at home. This is this is a... um... Uh, a little bit redundant i guess with cook cooking at home but um bake at home your quality baked goods are going to be one of the most expensive value-added products you can buy at the store but if you're baking as a matter of routine or just as a way of your life like it's not just a vibe to post on instagram i hear people say like oh baking sourdough is you know like like they categorize it under um you know making macrame or something like they just do it for fun but for yeah. us it's a really good budget tool because mm-hmm. uh buying flour or even grains <laughs> even cheaper if you do the grains and grind them not everybody has the option but if you can that's even cheaper and you yeah. can and we don't even have to use um like packaged cheeses. i don't know to me it's kind of expensive but um you can just use your own sourdough start, which you can either follow Alison's instructions for starting one or get one from somebody and then follow her instructions for <laughs> taking care of it. Yeah. Um, Alison, Allison, we should link that, actually, your course on the 10, what, okay. what do you call it, 10 I'm tips just for taking that care down. Of, yeah, because the sourdough start is one of the most effective things you can use in your kitchen for maximizing the nutrition out of a very cheap grain. But also constantly producing something that tastes like super high end, whatever, and doesn't cost you anything more than the grain and the salt that went with it, like literally. Yeah, completely. I mean, sourdough is like such a great. So that that mean, course we is didn't free. put sourdough no. as a as a no, on probably. here, but but if you've ever 51. bought yeast, you know it's pricey. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah. We'll put we'll I put the start. link to that course in the show notes. It's a free course, um. So you can just just go and sign up and. And access it. Um, I wanted to just add to that, that literally we would not be able to afford sourdough if we bought sourdough. No, and no we way. can't um, not eat sourdough because, I mean, Rob can't eat anything other than, you know, my sourdough or yeah. very, very expensive sourdough. He can't yeah. eat normal bread. So literally we have to cook our own. We have to bake yeah. our own sourdough because we'd be not very well if we didn't have sourdough and we can't afford to buy out at the store so I, I should also
1: brainer. console the reader that this doesn't a oh, listener I mean I'm used to actually writing more than talking but um we should console the listener that I, I will say I don't bake bread all the time at least not not in the past year um at every it's not like every other day I get up and mix up a batch or something kind of wish I did maybe I'll get back onto that rhythm but incorporating animals was sort of my focus for this year Mm. and so bread is a little less frequent but that's also okay with me um because I'm been subbing in like rice or something (laughs) or the oat cakes you know so we've we've got a bread if you will Mm. um so don't feel like once once we start then I'm basically latched on to making sourdough every Tuesday and Thursday for the rest of forever like you could just not have bread for a while it's mm. fine and then when you're not buying baked goods and you get really creative and you're like okay i'm going to make allison's oatcakes because i want bread with this meal but i also don't have time to yeah. make the loaf so
0: yeah completely yeah okay number 35 and number 36 is related to number 35 is render your fat yourself so tallow and um pork fat, lard, and ghee as well. Don't forget ghee. Ghee is very expensive. They're all very expensive, really. Yeah, um, expensive. but I don't off sometimes I don't have the time to do ghee, so I know ghee is very expensive. The other ones I always do. Um, but yeah. just render your fat yourself, it will cut the cost of your fat incredibly. Number 36 um is I, I want a t-shirt with this on, eat lard. <laughs> eat lard or tallow over butter um what i've seen you know when i go into um western price groups or places where people are cooking ancestrally the last couple of years they've talked about how butter is going up in price humongously and yeah yeah it is and butter is incredibly more expensive than homemade lard and you can eat lard like butter You know, you can fry things in it. Yes, you can cook things in it. You can use it as a greasing fat, but you can eat it on your bread. And and I do every day, you know, lard on bread with salt or lard on toast. It's just, it's wonderful. And it is a completely different kettle of fish to to buying butter and using that every day.
1: Mm, Yeah. Even making butter is expensive here because the cream... Even with a cow, there's cream, right? Or I can get raw milk from the farm that we buy it from when the cows dried up. And mm. but there's so many things that you can make with it. You can do the ice cream with it. You could do sour cream. You can do cream yeah. cheese. You know, and it's and so then you're like, how do I put it all into butter? Like really? Mm. And I have really just with the focus of not buy, or buying as few fats in as possible then i've been like just taking anything that has butter and i'm like well today you get tallow because that's what i have or today it's going to be lard mm. um and or honestly awesome we have a mystery fat right now i rendered a giant bag of fat and i was like i don't know what this is mm, interesting
0: <laughs> so, I Just do see, a little, little taste test i wish i could taste yeah. it and try and give you my opinion
1: <laughs> yeah i i'm sure you could tell me um mystery fat this, I think I think it's tallow. Everybody's like, it smells sound okay. like tallow, but I'm like, it also cups lard, so I don't know. But
0: yeah. um, okay.
1: it doesn't really matter because it's pretty neutral. And I just use it to make the bread that's in the cookbook, or you know, that, that recipe mm-hmm. takes like like a third of a cup of fat or something, half a cup. I don't know, it's yeah. a lot. And I just use a giant scoop of tallow or lard. Yeah, nice.
0: Okay, number thirty-seven. Um, grind your own grain. You mentioned that when you were talking about baking at home now in investing in a grinder is perhaps something that is costly at the beginning, but over time, you know over number of years of use, you will recoup that money from buying the grain and grinding it yourself. yeah, um in addition, you'll be getting more nutrients from the fresh grain than you would be from a flour. It's interesting when you read Weston Price's um, book, you'll find that you find that he really focuses in on freshly ground grains. He doesn't hmm. really talk much about sourdough. He doesn't really talk much about processing grains, but he talks about freshly ground yeah. grains. So if you can't afford a grinder yet, think about potentially teaming up with someone you know who also wants a grinder and you kind of share it or if you know someone with a grinder can you go over and grind some grains there and give them something that you've made um because that that's kind of our ethics of joining together and doing stuff together number 37 okay on to number 38 i'll Mm -hmm. I'll
1: link john moody's review on grinders in Ah, weston price okay I'll put that in the show notes because then when you're choosing your grinder, he he says in there, he's like, get this grinder. It's going to last you like multiple generations. So. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm writing that down so we don't forget that. Okay. Do you want to go it on with number 38 while I'm writing?
1: Yeah. Value add your own dairy products. Value added dairy is, it even trumps baked goods as the most expensive value added product that you can get. So, homemade cheeses and things like that. they <clears throat> we make those on a fluctuating basis based on our time to money ratio at the moment. So the less um, time I have, sometimes we're focused on projects that earn us money, and so then I happily will buy the cheese that somebody else made. and then sometimes I'm more focused on, not spending any money, but I have more time. And so then I put my attention to making things at home. So how much and what things I make is a sort of sliding scale based on where we're at. But Mm -hmm. I remember Josh Thomas of the homesteading family with Josh and Carolyn, he was saying on an episode he did when he talked to somebody about, that. the guy asked him what saves the most money on a farm. And he said, um, having a cow and- Establishing your own dairy routine, you know, you don't have to have the cow. It trust me, if you're buying milk from somebody, it's costing the same as keeping the cow. So it's the same difference. But mm. um, using the raw milk, even he he also said, I know not everybody has a cow. So buying raw milk and then making the products out of it, he said that even more money is saved than with their having a giant vegetable garden. So mm. it's a huge impact on your budget to learn how to value add your dairy. And you can either learn through books. Or there's people that put out courses and Allison, I think one day we should put out a dairy book too, because mm. we have so many things that we make, but um, spend a little money if you can on learning how, since you probably like most of us didn't grow up with a cow. Well, some of you did, you know, but not all of us did. and um, learn how to make things. You can make very easy, soft cheeses in a day. You can pick like five kinds of cheese in one day with some of the soft cheeses like, um, you know, ricotta and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you can make things like smirkus, which is made from, um, clabbered milk without any, you don't have to buy any cultures or anything and ricotta the same, you know, you just need lemon juice and vinegar or one or the other, you know, and salt. Um, those are very easy farmer's cheese. You'll have to get Reddit for that, but that's a very easy one you can make in one day, um, And yeah, there's just a lot of things that you can do with your dairy to save money.
0: Wonderful. And kind of moving along on that same theme, value adding, make your own luxuries. So the two examples that come to my mind are chocolate and coffee. So you can buy coffee already roasted and already ground in a packet, or you can bulk buy the green beans and roast them yourself on the stove or in the oven. Chocolate, you can buy very expensive bars of chocolate, or you can do what I do, which is buy the beans, roast them, and make your own chocolate. Well, so I, I have a course. Mine from Italy. <laughs> <My chocolate>. <laughs> <laughs> I have a course on how to do that um, on my website, um, which is Bean to Bar Chocolate with no special equipment. Because most chocolatiers have very, very pricey equipment and I kind of challenged myself to making my own chocolate only using the kind of kitchen equipment that most of us already have. Um, That's a really um, reasonably priced course. It's a recording of a live Zoom that I did and it will teach you everything you need to know to go from a raw bean to homemade chocolate. So yeah. those are just two examples, but anything that's kind of a luxury, anything that value adds, do it yourself. That's number 39.
1: And Josh Thomas also pointed out um, with the coffee, because he said that they get the green coffee too. And he pointed out that part of the reason they do that, aside from the cost savings, is that it saves or, or it can store for quite a long time green. Yeah. And it doesn't store as long or as well once it's roasted. So Completely. that was another good
0: point It, it loses its flavour after it's been roasted yeah. It loses its flavour even more quickly After it's been ground yeah. and roasted uh-huh. And in addition um, The already roasted and ground coffee Often harbours mould Which you just won't get oh, If you're freshly yeah, roasting yeah. it So yep. um, I think by the time this episode goes out Rob and I will have done An episode on everyday luxuries okay. um, which will In which we'll talk about His routine for doing The coffee and because he roasts his coffee from green um so go back and listen to that one which i think probably would have been about four or five episodes back if you're interested in doing that
1: you should mention allison too here just like the chocolate rob does it without special fancy giant roasters and equipment and stuff yeah that's one of the coolest things is you guys have um opened the gate if you will for these luxuries because exactly like you said, when I tend to think of making chocolate, I'm like, I don't have a tempering, you know, mm. machine. I don't like you don't have all these fancy things, but you show how to do it just with what you have in the kitchen already, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. And and that's what I do all the time. I mean, virtually all the chocolate that I eat is chocolate that I've made myself and ninety-seven mm. percent of the coffee that Bob's drinks is coffee that he's roasted himself from green. Amazing.
1: Hey, you washing the dishes. <laughs> Been there. You've heard Allison and I talk over and over about her love of rye sourdough bread. Well, I might actually call it an obsession, but that's neither here nor there. Now you can make Allison's rye sourdough in your own kitchen with her as your teacher. And she's a really good teacher. Rye is economical, it's delicious, and full of nutrients and low in gluten. There's a reason why it has been a darling of bread bakers. For centuries. Make it into sourdough as Allison will show you in her course, Rye Sourdough Bread, Mastering the Basics. And you've got an amazing, tasty, and nutritious staple in your kitchen. It's traditional and it's nutritional. In this course, you'll learn everything there is to know about how she creates and maintains her rye sourdough starter, all about whole grain sourdough rye, including the key differences between baking with rye and wheat, how to make two loaves, an everyday rye sandwich bread, and a delicious Russian-style dark rye loaf, and what to do with your sourdough discard, including video walkthroughs for sourdough pancakes and a tasty, sweet, spiced cake. Head to www.ancestralkitchen.com slash rye so So, yeah number 40 is uh, i put this one on (laughs) invest Mm. time and energy and effort in working bees get your friends together and do all the hard labor of building your pantries together so you can tackle huge food products that can be obtained at bargain bulk prices together so for instance i've gone in with friends and we've purchased like a ton like as in a metric ton or more of apples at a time and you get them for so cheap. Whereas if you were to buy just a few pounds, it'd be quite expensive. Mm. Um, Things like that can save you a lot. If you, if you are okay with coordinating what it takes to team up and get something like that, usually the more organized you are, the better, because somebody's got to have all the cash up front. People can bring their cash. You know, you got to keep track of who bought, how much and things like that not that hard and it is really fun and everybody usually feels like they came out ahead and then I don't think there's anything better than a working bee um I heard somebody talk about this actually Allison just the other day because I feel like I'm very passionate about working bees you are and (laughs) (laughs) you know I am and I heard somebody talk about this the other day and I thought well that's why and she was saying that there's this idea that we have this modern idea of a traditional wife who stays at home and like um, cooks and takes care of the kids and dad goes to work. And she's like, that is realistically um, an idea that came from a very small sliver of time, like in the forties and fifties. She said, basically for all of human history, before you were multi-generational slash some kind of village, typically even the homesteads that we think of in America were very abnormal. And, You, women always were working socially with women and then men work socially with men. And she said, if you think about it in this idea of the traditional wife or what people on the internet's called trad wife, then Mm -hmm. the man still has his social network with men, even though it's actually women who prefer working socially. And she said, then you have basically this idea of now a woman who stays at home and is like isolated all the time. And, and I was thinking that's why the working bees feel so satisfying because, you know, those videos of, you know, Welsh women working together, or there's like all these traditional things that women do together. And when we get together as a group of women and we talk, (laughs) you're peeling apples for 36 hours straight, you know, you're going to talk. Like it all comes out and we all love to kind of show off and bring a meal, you know, a dish. It's, it's like, let me just spoil the crowd. Somebody's bringing a really nice loaf of bread with some spread they made. And somebody else is like, look at this amazing freezer meal I brought. And so then everybody's eating. The kids are kind of going bonkers somewhere and you're canning like hundreds of jars of halved pears or something Mm. like It's a really good time. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think it's it's a a natural kind of instinct for women Uh to work together like that as a social
1: What women do now for her, for their bees, is there like, I guess, brunch culture, or like Mm -hmm. go shopping together or something. And honestly, that takes a lot of money and a lot of time. And then the idea is typically like, get rid of the kids so that you can go do that. Well, that's not really an option for me. And for a lot of families, um, you know, if you homeschool, you've got your kids around you all the time. If your husband's in the military or something, you're really not looking to like leave the kids with him and go somewhere because he's, you know, overseas or whatever. Mm. Um, it's just not always an option. And I prefer things that um, organically fit my life. So getting women together and saying, hey, let's have, a really good work day or even it's really fun when it's like three days in a row and everybody just shows up in the morning for like three days <laughs> you're like mm. this is such a good time um, nice. but then you all feel super productive and as well yeah yeah and if you told <laughs> like if you told your husband oh I'm just gonna go hang out with my friend for three days they'd be like okay weird like what but what about work you know what about our house you know but if you're like I'm gonna go," every day to this friend's house for three days and spend 12 hours and at the end of it we're gonna have 50 quarts of stew that we can just pull off the shelf at any time and have dinner he's like yeah please go now hurry (laughs) yeah so anyways but yeah you can also save money so yeah (laughs) let's
0: go on to the next five (laughs) we're up to that was number 40 so the next five are home tasks Number 41 is grow your own. And I know that we've got such a selection of listeners to the podcast. Some of them have acres and acres of land, which they're producing their own food on. And some of them, you know, have a balcony or a windowsill and that's it. And I think it's important to state that, you know, grow your own doesn't necessarily not apply to you if you don't have a garden. It doesn't have to be big. We have a small garden here that I've talked about before, which is paved over. But I grow a lot of herbs. I've always got maybe somewhere between 10 and 12 different herbs in the garden. And herbs can be one of the most expensive things to buy for the kitchen. We talked about them in the last episode. Um, And so I'm growing my herbs. So I can just go downstairs into the garden, cut some oregano or pineapple sage or mint and bring it up and include it in my dinners. And that's saving me money obviously the bigger you get the more you can scale up but it doesn't have to be big if you don't have space don't think that you can't do that bit yourself number 42 kind of is the same thing but on a bigger scale raise animals um and andrew you probably want to talk about this a bit to say how that can save you money
1: it can and it cannot there's you know you, it can be very expensive to raise animals um, and you can do it more inexpensively but you um, You can all, you, there are ways and you can also uh, collaborate with people too. I always mm-hmm. think it'd be so awesome if somebody said that they wanted 50 chickens for their family. They don't have the space to grow them, but I have the space to grow them. I would totally love to collaborate with someone and they're like, okay, we'll come out and do some work on the farm and help butcher and things like that. And then at the end of the day, if they just paid for the feed for the birds, right? We'll take mm-hmm. care of them and everything. Like, I feel like collaborations like that would profit everybody you know yeah Yeah. um but yeah and and raising an animal mainly if you're intending to use every single part is where you're gonna find a lot of your savings
0: yeah okay number 43 is kind of along what you were just saying and we're saying on Mm. point 40 share tasks with friends so you were talking about working bees and preserving but literally just cooking together so one night a week, go over to a friend's house, cook together, eat together, make twice as much in less than half the time because you've got four hands instead of two hands. Um, yeah. And if you, then your friend comes over to your house another night a week and does the same, you're going to spend time together, like Andrew was talking about, which is can be very rich. And you're also yeah. going to be spending less time and making more food. Which and
1: even if you is- didn't do it, even if you weren't doing it together, um, there's still a value. And if you live in town, this is probably the easiest, actually. A lot of things you're like, oh, I don't live in the country, so I can't have a cow or whatever. But there's a lot of things you can do in town. And one thing that we did when we lived in Virginia, we lived in a, like, like we just became very close with our neighbors. And um, there's three of us women. And one of them would cook basically three families worth of dinner. And then yeah. she would just you would just either walk over and get a pan or she'd walk it over or something. Nice. And then the next night I would cook kind of three mm-hmm. families and it wasn't really organized or sorted. We just kind of did it. Like I would call like, you know what? I'm cooking two chickens, you guys down. Um, and we had smaller families. Each of us had one child at the time. So it was not too overwhelming by any means. Um, and I remember thinking all around America, everybody's in their house alone cooking yeah. dinner every single day. And we were alternating between the three of us, and it felt like I was never having to work. And Mm. if I did make dinner, I was like, oh, I can't wait till they tell me how much they love this. Like, this is going (laughs) to, this is so fun. They're going to be so delighted. Like, oh, I would get like feel like adventurous because I wasn't doing it all the time. So I had more creative effort to put into it. Um, And we were also um, all sort of relying on, I was working on a farm and I would bring home cases of free food basically so we would rely on that to make our meals and so it really felt um spiritually and physically Mm. nourishing (laughs) that's
0: nice so 44 is something that we've kind of talked about a lot through the different um points that we've had so far andrew do you want to talk to number 44 and number 45
1: okay 44 is just skill up so the more skills you have the more you can say yes to. So if somebody calls you and says, I've got five live roosters, you can have them if you can take them alive. Then you can say yes, because that's a ton of free meat, bone broth and organs for your dinner table. Um, But you have to know how to butcher them. If somebody says, um, can you glean, you can come and glean my apple orchard if you want, and you can take home 400 pounds of apples, you're either like, okay, kids, we're like eating a thousand apples a day for the next month, <laughs> or you can process those apples to be fruit and sweetness for the table for a whole year with your skills, canning and dehydrating and processing. Mm. Or if you're getting your meat back from a butcher and the friend who sent her hogs in to be butchered says, do you want all five of the pig heads? And if you know how to make those into blocks of head cheese, then yes. And Allison, you had said, you know, things like, can you cook spleen?
0: Yeah, we had um, a, exactly a, an example like that where um, we went to get um, some goat's milk and the farmer just said to us, I've got this spleen from the goats that, that we um, slaughtered this morning. Do you want it? And we were like, yes. And because I knew how to cook <laughs> yeah. spleen, the, t- there's a Tuscan kind of delicacy of spleen <laughs> on toast, like an antipasto. Wow. Because I knew what to do with it, I could cook the spleen and we and we got it for nothing. So it's such a similar thing to what you were saying.
1: Right. And sometimes you can just learn these, if you can get yourself enmeshed with somebody who has skills, you can learn skills from somebody. You can learn a lot on the internet. Mm. And I think it's also worth paying if you wanted to take a class on something. I think that that is totally worth it. The energy, excuse me, the energy of the person teaching is worth exchanging some energetic cash mm. for, um, for that value, and then you will have that skill for the rest of your life, you know, and you can reap your investment rewards over and over mm. forever and teach it to your kids. Um, 45 is force yourself to work from your pantry, even if it's just for a month. I said force specifically for a reason <laughs> because if I just said work from your pantry, it's like, yeah, duh, what do you think the pantry is for? But Um, I used to give myself challenges where I, if you're preserving and things a lot, sometimes you start to realize you've got a lot in your pantry and then you go and buy something anyways. And so I would say, I can only buy, you know, at the time we didn't have a cow and we didn't have eggs. So I would say, I can only buy dairy and eggs. I would just give myself this challenge. And it's kind of like we talked about in the, um, creativity episode, Allison, where Mm -hmm. I felt that restricting myself expanded my skill and my creativity Mm -hmm. a lot so i'd say i have to cook out of the pantry only and wow i would get so crazy creative Mm. and i would just use things out of the pantry now i see things called pantry challenges that go out where they say you know oh we're challenging you to only eat out of your own pantry and and depending on how much you put up some people are like you know for a week for a month for a year you know just eat out of your own pantry yeah, that's the fun one. Just make nice. make a challenge and use stuff up.
0: Okay, so we're we're in the final stretch now. We're into the other section uh, where we've put a load of go. different things. <laughs> so number 46 <laughs> is use bakashi, which we have an episode on, um, fermenting waste in the kitchen, um, which will give you a soil improver. And I've done that, and it's meant I haven't had to buy compost to put in my pots in my garden. So go back to that episode if you want to know more about Bokashi. We also have in the show notes um, a discount on Bakashi supply. So you, if you do decide you want to go ahead, you can get oh, yeah. a discount to help you get started. Okay. Do you want to give us um, the last four and take us to the finish line, Andrea?
1: Okay. Wait, I have five on my list. Left. What did I do wrong? What happened? We're up to number 47. Yeah. Okay. All right, say yes. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where I okay. am anyway. <laughs> Forty-seven is say yes, always. I always say yes to jars, any shape, size, or dirtiness. Okay. I've had to like crawl into people's barns and dig them out, but I always say yes. And I've got, well, yeah, thousands of jars. Um, but that also means I have it for the working bees. And if I want to send somebody home with a dozen quart jars. And that's the beginning of their collection. It doesn't really cost me anything because I always say yes if someone offers me free jars. Um, I say yes to any food. This is a funny one that people say, yeah, but we don't eat stuff like this or that. And I'm like, I know, but say yes anyways, because then they know you will always say yes. And I have said yes. And then I get something, I'm like, yeah, this isn't really something. I've passed it along either to a food pantry, to somebody else that I know. Um, Some things I'm in like, I think this is just garbage. I've thrown some things away. Um, but I always say yes. And then I end up with people calling me and giving me the most Mm -hmm. insane, like, you know, would you like my entire organic Azure bulk dry pantry of like tons and tons of five gallon bucks, buckets of things for free because I'm moving and I'm not taking it with me. And, you know, I had eight kids and so I have a lot and stuff like that. And they just give it to me because they know I'll say yes. Mm. Um, that's, I don't even know how much free food we've gotten, um, Mm. that way. And sometimes you have to sift through it. Sometimes you have a lot of processing to do, like at the drop of a hat, but at the end of the day, um, I've come out miles ahead with some really wonderful things that I'm thinking of are literally in my pantry right now that people have given us. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um. What is number? Four? Okay, now, now I don't know what I did hmm. to my list that I have different numbers than you. So you, okay. you say what is the next one.
0: <laughs> okay, so number 48 is at the same time reduce your staples to the absolute core that you need and just choose items that you can source around you. So then you're relying on things that you can buy in bulk um, and that becomes your kind of staple. Should I carry on with number 49?
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a good one. And if somebody wants to see, um, how Allison does that, get the cookbook. My, my pantry is much longer than hers. Yeah. And I actually told her in the creativity episode that I was really happy when I saw hers because I've been slowly reducing what I keep in my pantry. Hmm. Um, partly why I have a lot is because two people have given me their entire pantries when they moved, which has been a huge blessing for our family. Yeah. Um, but um don't feel like you have to have a lot on hand because that's a lot to maintain and just like a grocery store the more that you keep on the shelf the more you have to pay attention to things expiring and yeah you know i mean obviously we don't really think about food expiring like that but you know what i mean um you have to be aware of things and replenish them and it's just easier to have a smaller pantry
0: yeah number 49 is don't be afraid to ask Um, And Andrea, you wrote this one, if food is being left, ask if it's okay to take it. Do you want to give some examples of of that?
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, So many examples. Um, One of the best ones was one time I was walking on a boardwalk and there was a 5K. And it was the end of the 5K. And I saw cases of bananas and oranges. And so I just found someone who looked like they're doing know what they're doing they had a clipboard and I was like can I take these and they're like yeah because they're just gonna take it all in the dump so uh, then I kept track when that race came back the next year and I went out <laughs> at like four o'clock in the morning and found the organizer and I was like hey when the race is done can I come and clean up everything that's left and she was like please for the love do that and so um we got thousands of bananas <laughs> And I called all my moms and I was like, hey, everybody come to my house, get bananas for your family, get oranges for your family. Um, and they came. I mean, it was insane. And I froze so many bananas and I dehydrated hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of bananas. They literally lasted us like four years. Um, so don't be afraid to ask.
0: I think that's what it, you know. What what the lady said to you? Yeah, please come and take them. I think often yeah. we think, "Oh, I'm going to be in the way, or I'm being cheeky. I, I shouldn't totally. ask this." But, but I from your that. experience, people often want because it yeah. wants to get rid of it because it means they don't have yeah. to deal with it. So yeah. the key say, there is don't no, be afraid. It's
1: going to a food bank, or no, we're not allowed. Yeah. Well, they might say that. Um, but okay, you lost nothing by asking. So. Yeah. Um, You can also ask if you, if you, I know I've done this and I have friends who've done this. If you drive by a property and every time you go by, you just see the fruit piling up on the ground underneath their trees. um, Very politely and respectfully, you could go and ask, hey, um, you know, is it okay if I, if I glean your trees? Um, And I would say whenever I do something like this, I usually bring something for the owner, like something I baked or I bring them back some jars or whatever I made. And they appreciate that sometimes they're like, I don't want anything. Just take it and please go. Um, sometimes they're very delighted. Oh, your kids are so cute. Oh, I remember I grew up on a farm and all, you know, um, and also if you're always, um, kind with people, if you're not like a meanie all the time, then, they're not like, oh, that was that rude neighbor that always flips me off when they go by. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like be nice to people generally. It would come back and that's a great navigate. philosophy in life. Be nice to people. <laughs> be nice, you can get free apples. <laughs> okay. Number 50. Woohoo. Da, da, da. Reallocate the budget.
0: End. You came up with this one, Andrea. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. Um, this is just a shift, I think, in priorities, which Alison, you and I and probably our listeners have also i feel like a lot of our listeners have also done this um which is instead of entertainment what about edutainment so instead of going out and just being entertained what if you went out and learned how to butcher chickens um cheese making classes or whatever what about instead of movie subscriptions online you had a milk subscription (laughs) and you were getting milk from a small farm um or a skill set subscription like there's some farmers and then patreons like ours and things like that where you can learn things from their their resources and their wisdom mm-hmm. on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people are already doing, but thinking yeah. about it very consciously, how is my time and money Banks, being spent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can I reallocate it into something that's going to serve us um, yeah. and also bring you just as much fun? I would... Oh, I would so much rather spend three days with you, canning, crying into the <laughs> kitchen towel, laughing, fa- literally falling on the floor, crying, laughing, bruises from laughing so hard, you know, <laughs> than sp- and and walk away with all that blessing, then spend three days yeah. going to Disneyland oh, or gosh, whatever. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pay me to go to <laughs> Disneyland, I think. <laughs> But you know what I mean, like yeah that that is more fun and and raising up your family to think that that is fun too to know that it's fun and to yeah yeah to savor and put the extra effort into the fun dish you're bringing you know to share with everyone and um bringing water guns for the kids or whatever like making sure that everybody feels the appeal of that time spent together yeah so yeah yeah that would probably and, um, be my last.
0: I, I wanted to share with listeners that um when Andrew and I plan episodes together, we um often use the wonderful technology that is Google Docs. And um Andrea was yep. typing some things into the plans <laughs> for this episode un unbeknownst that so I was actually in the same document, like thousands and yeah. thousands of miles away. And um I had no idea. she wrote in capital letters at the bottom of this episode plan, eat like a peasant. And I saw that and I, I, I thought, oh, so I typed in, we should write a book called this. Because basically, that's what we've said through all of these, um, all of these points, all the 50 ways. Yeah. It's just simple, yeah. repetitive, rustic, food that surrounds you, really good quality. You know, it, it's, um, uh-huh. it's eating like a peasant. And, you know, people, like you said, people ate that way in the past because they had no choice. But yeah, if you compare that to the industrial system, we do have a choice now and we can choose right. health and wealth far beyond money and mm-hmm. being together and nourishing our bodies or we can choose something else, which yeah. obviously I and don't
1: I, want I, to. <laughs> if, I said, if I If we put this in the title, everybody would be like, but I'm not wealthy. But I would say eat like a wealthy peasant. And I would say, if you're listening to this, And you aren't dizzy from hunger. You're wealthy. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's the, that's what throughout history would have categorized you as the ultra wealthy was you weren't dizzy from hunger much of the time and you weren't like starving and some of your children hadn't starved, you know? So, um, a wealthy peasant would be somebody who could have this simple food every day Mm. and, and not, you know, not die in winter. So we're wealthy peasants. There we go. Yeah. And th- there's <laughs> one other thing that's a that, new term that, for middle class. <laughs> before
0: I ask you what your one thing is, um, your hmm. one money-saving tip, I want to just say that all of the things we've talked about, so many of the things we talk about require time. And we know that because both of us spend the time, and the people who are listening to us know so very well because they spend the time doing that. And I think to a great extent, We have the choice in life. We can work more and therefore own more, then earn more, and then we have less time and we buy more. Or we can work less, which means we're earning less, but we have more time, so we get to create more. Really, to to, to a great extent, it's that. But... We've shared through a lot of those tips that there are ways that you can create more time, you know, getting all the family involved, right. doing work beats, batch processing things, working with friends, using the phone less. We haven't talked about that, but we've got a whole other
1: episode oh, on that way
0: back. That could have
1: gone on. This is a money-saving tip. Yeah, yeah. Literally. So, Most people use their phone and then they think they don't have time to big bread. Exactly.
0: Um, it, and it I mean, I the, do that. The stuff that... <laughs> that goes on in our kitchen on a weekly basis requires an incredible amount of time and it's very difficult to make people who don't eat um, in this way or cook three meals a day understand that we need a lot of our time just at home making food I mean a lot is an understatement um, That's you know true. so That's we true. have to say we have to say no to other things we have to say no to things mm. sometimes that Gabriel wants to do we have to say no yeah. to going out because we prioritize this and it takes an incredible amount of time but we just wouldn't have it any other way
1: so but it's it's, it's protective Alison it, it really is because when you think about the fact that what you just said we say no to things that sometimes we want to do we also mm. with the luxury of you know prepared food or whatever we say yes to more than we should yeah. and then we're like oh i'm just yeah, going crazy exactly. i'm like going bonkers yeah but when you're actually forced like well, like i gotta go home and like massage my sauerkraut you know it's <laughs> like okay so I, and and i i don't want to sometimes allison we also have to work more and we don't make more like that that yeah, sometimes that, happens I, too there's I people who yeah. feel like i'm working a million hours a week and yeah. i don't you know don't, I want to make sure that nobody walks away feeling like we're saying you have to do, everything has to be perfect. Maybe one of the things, the one thing you do is you're like, and what I do is I render lard. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I do. Okay. That's, that's huge. That's a step. And that's, you know, go back to the 20 steps, hopefully to feel encouraged that um we don't have any pie in the sky sort of illusions. But another thing to acknowledge, Allison, that I heard somebody say this on a different podcast when they were talking about how their life was centered around movement. They said, on the one hand, I recognize, you know, how privileged I am that I get to spend this much time cultivating movement every day. And they said, on the flip side, I had to create this life.
0: Yes, and I didn't yes,
1: I didn't live in a life that allowed this. and so I had to, yes, painfully and consciously, change everything about my life to get to this point
0: I so resonate with that I mean people often say to Rob and I oh well you know you get to be at home all day and you get to do this and and you just don't know what someone's life is like or how they got to that point unless they've shared all that with you you know yeah we have been consciously creating the life we're living together for 12 years individually for more years than that um it's like 20 years since I quit my job at Microsoft and you know Uh we're not there yet you know we Mm. still have many challenges in many areas of our life we're still working on it and but it just like that person that you you heard talking about movement we've had to craft our life to get to this point we didn't just all have all this time available to do this you know and thinking about the 50 ways I mean we're not doing them all no absolutely Mm -hmm. no way there's plenty in there that that is available for me to move into as and when more space becomes available so Mm -hmm. yeah certainly don't feel like you have to do all of them because neither of us is is doing um
1: 50 of them but pick which one works for me or I don't yeah yeah you and I each pull from these in different ways yeah exactly. and we live in different yeah. places in different mo- modes of living Life. and things like yeah. that um and then both of us I can see the things that I do that you could tap into and things you do that I can tap yeah. into that I just haven't made the effort to so yeah
0: well if we live next door I'd be passing you across <laughs> coffee and chocolate and you'd be yeah, passing me I'll across passing you- dairy Livers. <laughs> yeah, and and livers from the butchering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell me, out of all these 50 what? ways, if you could just do one thing to save money, what would it be?
1: Uh, my answer is a 100% skill up. Hmm. Learn skills. Skills in the kitchen will change your life. Okay.
0: That's nice. The more
1: skills you can pull in, the richer everything becomes and the more money you can save because yeah. skill is what costs the most in food. Yeah,
0: you're right. Value add.
1: Mm-hmm. And what's yeah. the one thing, Alison?
0: Uh it was so hard when I tried to think about what yeah. my <laughs> one thing was. It was so Me hard. Too. Yeah. And okay. I think it has to be Virtually the simplest thing, just make broth. It is I love it. Just nothing. It costs nothing. And it is it. so rich with nutrients and the ability to fill you up, and proteins and what your body needs. And it can make yeah. so many different dishes taste so much better. It can make plain rice, plain sorghum, you know, your lentils that you're cooking just taste amazing too as well as having all that those extra nutrients in and uh-huh. it's just a it's an, it's a staple for a budget kitchen I think for a budget ancestral kitchen so make broth
1: I just listened to an episode actually Alison I was gonna send it to an email today um mm. but it's a woman who I followed for many years who was a vegan for mm-hmm. probably I don't know since she was 18 so for a long time Mm -hmm. And she just recently stopped being vegan and also stopped labeling herself as anything. And she started incorporating animal foods back into her diet. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm making bone broth for the, you know, I'm like learning Mm -hmm. this year, like how to make bone broth. And she said, I'm sitting up here recording this right now and there's bone broth downstairs on the stove. And I feel like I have a chocolate cake waiting for me because it's that good, it's that rich, it's that it checks a lot of boxes in your body when you consume it. So yeah, I think it's a really good one to pick.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, I think our epic is finished. Epic. <laughs> I it hope is, that it's been home. helpful. <laughs> I hope it's been really helpful. And do remember that there is the PDF, so go into the show notes and check out how to download that. And um as always, we're available for comments, thoughts. Um, we'd love to hear the ways that you're saving money in your ancestral yeah. kitchen.
1: Well, our listeners have a lot that they could add to this. Yeah. They're We're probably share. thinking, wow, they got to the end and never even said, you know, yeah. they probably got a lot that they could put on here. So let's hear it. Let's yeah. let's catalog these ideas and and help people understand that eating like a peasant and eating out of the area where you are not only is um, you know, more sustainable for the planet but it can be more sustainable for your budget as well yeah and definitely definitely for your body
0: indeed okay thank you very much andrea
1: all right allison i'll talk to you next time yeah we will do bye bye <laughs> thank
0: you so much for listening we'd love to continue the conversation come find us on instagram andrea's at farm and hearth And Alison's at Ancestral Underscore Kitchen. Until next time, we both wish you much fun, exploration and satisfaction in and out of the kitchen.